Christian Manor. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Sykes. Oh, it doesn't really work unless people laugh, and we don't have any audience <laughs> to laugh. And the fact that we in. planned it. The fact put that it we in. planned it. Shall I just get some canned laughter? Yeah. To, to add yeah, in there? please. Okay, maybe we'll have to do that. Right, welcome to the Tip Manor podcast. There's three of us today. I think, chaps, we picked a very good um, season to start a podcast. It is very, very exciting. Um, Another exciting stuff is that Christmas has just happened. So, Connor, did you have a good Christmas? Did Santa bring you lots of things? He did, yes. I had a lovely Christmas. It was uh, great to be back with the family. Nice. Good. Did Very you do? Do you do any traditional Oxford stuff? Did you go to Bridge or Park End? I hate those places oh, so much. Uh, Park End. I did. I did Stars. go out. I did go out just before Christmas, actually, and for my mate's birthday. So I was out in Oxford just before Christmas, and ended up in, is it Attic? I think that's the name of one of the nightclubs now in Oxford. So uh, oh, that was that was good fun. Good fun. But as you can tell, and I apologise to the listeners already, I'm a little bit worse for wear. So. Apologies for my croaky voice, although it does probably beat my squeaky voice because, you know, as I'm so young, I'm basically prepubescent. <laughs> yeah. I used to be more of a seller PT type guy. Oh, so did I. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. When I was 18, PT was the place. Yeah. You, Check, like checkers, a day when was, I was, checkers was a good one. That was a staple for me. True. Checkers was decent. Um, John, what about yourself? What, what meat did you have for Christmas dinner? We didn't actually have any meat. Oh, uh, I'm glad I asked this question. We had well, you a um, asked me this question. We had a mushroom. Uh, what do you call it when it's in pastry? I've forgotten already. A but pie. yeah, we, we had, <laughs> not a pie. <laughs> um, a, to- a tort. I don't know. Mushroom. Yeah. Was it, as, then we had like pigs and blankets and stuffing and all that. It wasn't a vegetarian one, but basically neither of us could be bothered to cook it. So we thought actually. All the all the best bits for me on the Christmas dinner are everything but the turkey or the chicken. So I was like, no. yeah, whatever. Mm. So I'm I'm all about the pigs and blankets and the roast potatoes. I think you've really gone down in most of our listeners' estimations yeah, now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you let's were do, very high up, but yeah. let's not poll it because nobody yeah. likes that. <laughs> You'll have to spend the rest of the pod, you know, getting that rep back up. I yeah. guess. Um, me and my family had the complete opposite of that. We had three meats. Ooh. Ooh. Get that. I know. We did have, did have a cheeky went. gammon, actually, as well. Yeah, we had gammon, yeah. Was, yeah. I, lo- I love how this pod has now just gone to food say, talk. We need to, last, we need to redirect yeah, it. The last podcast was uh, just under two hours long, and my Mac genuinely nearly exploded <laughs> when I was trying to, trying to edit it. So I was sat there at like two in the morning just wondering if it was ever going to be able to get put on SoundCloud or whatever it is, but... Um, anyway, the irony of me describing that situation is adding to the length of the pod. So let's crack on into news. With John Huddleston. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Tut Manor News. And we start by crossing straight to the Tut Manor Transfer Centre, oh. which I've just invented. I wish I had a little background <laughs> sound for it. Yeah. Duh, 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 duh. yeah. We wear yellow ties, but for different reasons <laughs> in the uh, Tut Manor Transfer Centre. Mm. But anyway, this is leading off the news with KR saying 
we expect us to be quick off the mark in January. Three players he thinks he's already got set to line up. None of those, sadly, is a right back yet. But I'm I'm guessing, and the question for you guys, that must mean we've got at least one quick winger and left back, full back cover. Is that what he said originally? Mm-hmm. He was targeting two quick wingers. So we've got the mole who has been deep undercover for the last few weeks has has scurried up a rumor that one of those that won't one winger might be a ex scuntle winger Hakib Adlakan. I think that's how you pronounce it. Now I've seen him playing against us in that three all game where we absolutely capitulated in about seven minutes from being three 0 up, and he did look quite lively, although he did fade spectacularly. But he's do you know what club he's at now? That's fair enough. Uh, he is at Bristol City. Oh, okay. But he has, but he's barely played sort of many games at all. So let's. Be, I guess we must have a reasonable relationship with a with Bristol City. So he looks um he looks decent. And then Connor, you mentioned there was a rumor about Rian Brewster from Liverpool, which makes sense with our theories about our good relationship. But is that was that a a viciously strong rumor or was that a throwaway? Yeah, I think I think it might have been a bit of a throwaway. But you know, only time will tell on those sort of things. KR has I think KR was... has those relationships with the club, doesn't he? And he was up there not long ago yeah. um talking to some of their youth setup, I think it was, so you never know. Yeah, it was in relation to Woodburn's transition and, and injury. I mean I'd say Rian Brewster's you know, he's he's not that far away from the first team and he's in the England under twenty one, so feels a bit of a stretch, but I could certainly see a well, a young right back or maybe one of their sort of you know, Lundstrom led some type of player coming down to us. And that's that's what we, we could have a for. worse um, feeder uh, team, couldn't we? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, Everton, definitely. We've seen Everton, <laughs> Liverpool, like we're just lining <laughs> them up, really. Um, so yeah, so that's some um, an interesting bit of news. Um, I think that the thing from today was a slight bit of nuance about the Chris Cadden situation, with KR hinting that Cadden may be able to potentially swing that decision to see the see the situation change for it being just an absolutely a non-starter, which James, you and I discussed this and we thought that didn't really have much much sense to it. I mean, I'm not sure how much Chris Cadden can swing no, the kind of decision when it comes it down to It is one feet. of those where you think KR, I think Jerome and the guys on Radio Oxford were saying maybe he's just, you know, doing all he can to kind of create a bit of news around the situation. But I think the only real situation that could materialise would be that Cadden would try and extend his loan. And then I don't know if he's even allowed to join um, Columbus halfway through their season or something like that. But, you know, they've paid what, I don't know how much money for Cadden's services. He's since they've signed him, he's probably proved to be even more useful than what he was showing at Motherwell. So why I don't see why Columbus would think it was a sensible idea to cash in on him. Yeah, there was some, uh, sorry, just no. uh, jumping, ahead, jumping ahead a little bit to the to what happened today at the uh, Wimbledon game. Uh, obviously, Callum was on the bench, and anyone who knows what AFC Wimbledon Stadium is like, the bench is right next to the away fans, and the entirety of the eight hundred Oxford fans were singing "Callum, we want you to stay." Um, and he uh, he did let out quite a few quite a few giggles as he was warming up, uh, and and right at the end of the song, one bloke shouted out, "He went." You better bloody stay now, and he just <laughs> he just like almost collapsed like in laughter. So uh, he he knows that he's welcome here, like you know. So uh, obviously you know that sort of thing probably won't make much of a difference, but it's nice yeah. that uh, 
you know, we've got a little bit of an attachment to him. And regardless of what happens, we obviously wish him well because he's been brilliant for us. And I hope he I hope he does stay. But I think I think our backs against the wall, to be honest, with with Callum leaving. Yeah, well, Kales has talked about having three right backs lined up, and two of them sound like a loan and trying to buy one more. So if Cadden can suddenly be turned around, it, it all seems a bit messy if we've been lining these players up. And we've got Sam Long, who's can easily play for the rest of the season if need be. It just comes down to down to the cover. Um, but no, it's just good to see we're well ahead of well ahead of things. And the only final thing to mention, the transfer centre was a discussion we started with a, another one of our cheeky polls, and it was about which player could we least stand to lose between Dickie or Brannigan. And as I speak with 25 minutes left, it is 51% that we'd want want to keep hold of Rob Dickey over Cameron Brannigan. Now, we were mm. all split about that. Connor, if you had yeah. to choose, which way did you go on that one? Uh, I swang with keeping Cameron Brannigan. That's the yeah. way I went. Um, although... I think it's 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 a tough one because I'd love to keep both of them being greedy. Um, I just think the way that we're playing at the moment, Cameron Brannigan is just is just without a doubt our engine room. He's been fantastic, and again today at Wimbledon he showed that. Um, and I'm not saying that in any sort of disrespect to how Dickie's played because he's been brilliant, and I've been the first person to to say that. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, um, I'd like to think. Neither of them would have, you know, any sort of reason to leave. I can't imagine any of them are dying to get out the door. Um, but there's far more to transfers than, than you know, what fans see. You know, we talk about families moving and all those sort of things, the finances involved, etc. There's a lot to it. Um, so, you know, we'll see at the end of January. Yeah, there must be so much pressure on them from so many different sources to now's your time to move. You need to move now. Whether it is to a player to a club that's saying we'll develop you or we'll put you straight into the team, there must be so many different aspects that we just don't get to see. James, you were in the other camp, is that right? Yeah, I think Dicky, in terms of what he brings to the team, and I know we've got more as cover, and that will be a lot what a lot of people refer back to. But you could argue the same thing in that kind of central midfield role as well. Although I do admit that Brannigan brings something a bit different and is maybe more of a box-to-box midfielder than anyone else that we've got. Um, but Dickey has shown, especially in the last few games, including the City game, that he's probably destined for the... I, I say, out of anyone in our squad, he's destined for the Premier League like mm. as a cert. And I, I think as an asset for the club and as someone that we can't really afford to lose going into what is a massive, massive... Um, year for the club, I guess, if we're really going to be pushing on for the championship. I think he's probably had the biggest impact in the squad. Um, but I, I know it's just an opinion, but even as we were watching the Wimbledon game earlier, John, you can just, every single ball that's played in everywhere, his positioning is so on point. He doesn't even have to move half the time. And it was the same against City. It was the same against everyone. He's just absolutely brilliant. And I don't think you'll find a centre-back that can bring the ball out from the back like he does um, anywhere in League One and potentially not even in the Championship. So he's like the next John Stones for me, but better. I, I think it's absolute testimony to um, Oxford's coaching staff because just think of how much he's changed and developed as a player in such a short period yeah. of time. Do you know what I mean? Like when we talk about how well he's playing, etc., and the qualities he's bringing, he's not just fluking. He's playing consistently well. 
at a very good standard. And his, he wasn't he wasn't this player. Unreal. Yeah, he wasn't this player a year ago. No, no, that's true. I think he's the other I mean I'm not I'm not really I'm not here to break the tie on this one. It's just a bit <laughs> yeah. just a discussion point. But I think you could say Dickie Brannigan's been out of the team and we've managed to get keep getting results. Dickie hasn't as much. But I probably am sway I sway probably into the into the Brannigan camp slightly. But it's a real tough one and it's just for debate. And equally I think Baptiste is one that I don't think any of us think is going to go this January because he's still quite raw and you know goes from great to erratic. But he's another one because he can dribble that's that's so important in this team. But anyway, it's just an interesting one and I think it shows how tight it is and and such a positive that we've got so many players that yes we don't want to lose but equally um, doing really well. So I think that's that's the transfer centre for this week. Awesome. Right, so the Lincoln home game. And it's always hard when you've got two games to review. So damn this festive period, but really I love it. And I'm sure we all love it. But it, you kind of forget what, what went on. So thank God that we take notes and that type of thing. But anyway, as like a follow-on preview um, from what we did in the last pod. Um, they've only won three out of their last 10, 10 games coming into the game against us um, since we beat them 6-0 back at their place in September. Um, one of those results that stood out was a win against Sunderland at home where they turned them over 2-0. The other two wins were both in December, so very recent, um, which kind of tells you that they were on a real kind of down downward spiral within October into kind of November after that result against us. So they had a 2-0 win away at Burton and a 1-0 home win against Tranmere. They were on the 7th and 14th of December. They followed up those games with a good performance away at Coventry, which was their last game before us. And that was a 1-0 loss. But looking at the kind of right up from that game and Maps' comments, they were really unlucky not to come away from that game with something. And we know how well Coventry are doing this season. So it seems like we were playing them just as they were kind of hitting their stride a bit. Um, one thing I did notice when I was looking back at their scores um, is that they played four away games in a row. Uh, which culminated in that 2-0 away win at Burton that I just mentioned. Is that odd? Connor, is that odd? I thought that was weird. Yeah. Just say it's four. weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, four, four, four away games in a row. I feel sorry for their fans. Yeah, I just... There must have been some I'm guessing stuff it's, in that. Like some yeah, exactly, yeah. Fixtures or something. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Although, having said odd. that, we all have an away day. But then Especially even actually... Lincoln, yeah. Thinking back, didn't we not <laughs> yeah. have a home game? We didn't have a home game in the whole of November or something, didn't we? Am I making that up? Like yeah. from Rochdale to something. So maybe we were the same. Um, anyway, it's worth noting, obviously, going into the game that Mr. Appleton hasn't had a transfer window to work with as of yet. We were talking about that earlier, weren't we, John? That um, he hasn't had his chance to make his mark on that team quite, quite as of yet. No, I think you could tell, though, even before that game that the Lincoln that was going to turn up were going to be organised and have a plan and you could see where they were going, but they would probably, I don't think Matt would have ever said they were the finished article with him having a few games, but you could just sense it was going to be a tough one for us, really. Yeah. Uh, they do love a 1-0 defeat, so their most popular or most consistent scoreline after games is a 1-0 defeat. So... And I noticed that you'll, you'll find it interesting that the Wimbledon, I'll just give a bit of a spoiler, but I, I looked at the Wimbledon's most common scoreline and it was a 2-1 defeat. Huh. So I'd, re- wow. I'd recommend people go and look at frequent scorelines 
um, and then just place bets <laughs> on the back of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, neither neither of those two sides bucked that trend then against us. Yeah. No. So they've Good. had uh, a one nil defeat five times, Lincoln, going into this game, or maybe it was four times, and we were the fifth. I have to double check that. No one. Bu- anyway, no one bucks trends against us. That's what we're all about. <laughs> We're unbuckable. <laughs> unbuckable Oxford <laughs> United. <laughs> anyway, the team had a Christmas day off um, going into the Boxing Day match. Uh, that Carl Robinson distributed GPS belts uh, to all the squad to be handed back in and reviewed um, ahead of the game. And there was a big, well, there was a comment made um, that KR was talking about, about WhatsApp videos being sent in to KR to show them training in action and apparently there were some of them which would be distributed maybe at a later time maybe when a player does something horrendous or leaves the club or whatever but you can imagine Jamie Mackey with the turkey on his head bollock naked, <laughs> bollock <laughs> naked in his garden yeah something yeah, like that with, with an arm round a bear yeah in the pre-match kind of preview as well Jordan Archer was saying it would be tempting to get a second portion of Christmas dinner and have a drink but that's far from what the boys here will do and I was like bollocks that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that is such such shit you're, you're, if, if that pig and, pigs and blankets there's like a portion of them or a plate you're not grabbing that I don't believe you Everyone's especially coming that. from him like he's not even on a full not on a full time contract with us yeah you know? wow anyway sorry a long term contract rather Maybe he was being honest, but maybe Jamie he's being Mackey very was, professional. Yeah, be. Jamie Mackey was grabbing the trifle and putting his face in it. <laughs> Might be claws in his contract. You never know these days. Yeah. Um, no Map, blankets. Maps preview is based on telling you know saying that he's not sentimental and he's not one for looking back. And I felt like saying, "All right, screw you, Mister Appleton. We absolutely are." But it was all done. You know, you kind of get why he did it. I don't think anyone will hold that against him. Yeah, um, I mean. It did look very strange seeing Michael seeing, Appleton yeah. in our well in the dugout next to Carl Robinson. I was like, "What? This just looks so weird." Because I was right next to them. <laughs> I was just like, "Nah." I was like, "I miss him," but we've also got Kr, who you know I've kind of I've kind of fallen for a little bit now. Yeah, um, I was travelling back up north from um, having Christmas in Cambridge and I follow, which is temperamental at the best of times, just decided to cut out. John, you experienced this as well, didn't you? But it cut out and um, it was just as we ended up taking the lead with Baptiste. Obviously, obviously we're going to go on to the detail in a second, but it was just as we, we scored, basically. So I missed that. But I, had, I tuned in. I was like, right, I'm driving past Lincoln now so i'm sure i could tune into radio lincoln and then i ended up getting the lincoln version of um jerome and nathan <laughs> and nick or whoever and they were just they were so so but i know jerome does his best to not you know to kind of have a impartial view but they were so biased towards lincoln it was it was horrendous and there was a at one point they said they really had it in for brannigan i think he he was being a bit of a cheeky chappy as he is. And one of the commentators went, he's disgusting. And then the other commentator just went, well, he's scouse. And I was like, that can't be acceptable. But anyway, um, let's talk about the lineup. So same 18-man squad that we had against Wickham. Um, lots of consistency there, and you can understand why. <clears throat> one one change to that lineup. So Matty Taylor came in to replace Jamie Mackey up front. Um and I think Connor being at the game, happy with that. Yeah, that was. I think I said in the in our group chat. I said that's for me. That's the strongest lineup that we could possibly put out. Well, obviously other yeah. than Eastwood, but the current available. For sure, absolutely. 
Uh, so going into the first half, so lots of good work down the right hand side as per usual with um, Cadden kind of marauding away, um, gets, getting his head up, playing a low ball across the box, found Matty Taylor. Looked like he wasn't expecting it, um, but probably should have been 1-0. I bet that was, that was looking like he was going to get on the end of that one, if you remember it, Connor. Yeah, it was one of those where you kind of lean, you know, you know the sort of the steps of when a move progresses, and when you're sat down watching a football match, where you like you slowly lean forward, then you kind of raise up a little bit. It's one of those. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like the lean forward happened, and then as he come onto it, it was the slight stand up, and then obviously you know it, it didn't go the way he wanted, but you know, yeah, can't so criticize had- Matty Taylor too much. No, no, not at all. It looked like yeah, the defender was going to get there, which is what distracted him for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, Baptiste and Brannigan were obviously playing in the centre of the park with Goran slightly behind. And ba- Baptiste and Brannigan particularly were kind of developing what looked like a really good partnership in that first half in terms of just laying the ball off to one another, um, short interchanges and that type of thing. And twice in quick succession, Baptiste laid the ball off for Brannigan um, to kind of get some strikes away. One went fizzing by uh, the kind of the keeper's left-hand post, really low, great effort. And then the second was um, a great kind of diving save from the keeper to keep him out with his right foot. But both times, Baptiste kind of won the ball back and then played it back to Brannigan, who then um, got a shot away. But yeah, I don't know if, how was the interplay within the midfield first half? It looked really good. I mean, it's, uh, I'm going to talk about it in the Wimbledon game as well that was today, but the three of them are developing a really good relationship. Um, they all offer something different. And Brannigan certainly looks the most threatening in terms of uh, getting strikes off, etc. And I think those two chances he had uh, against Lincoln in this game was were, were really good. You know, they, he, he, he helped create them moving into space, etc. Interchanges with Baptiste and he gets a good strike away. I think the second... Sorry, no, the first one where it fizzed past the post, I thought that was going in and I was, again, I was kind of off my seat as that yeah. one went wide. Uh, and then obviously the second one was a, was a really good save by the goalkeeper. But again, it's just, Brannigan's got oozes, oozes confidence in those areas when he's on the edge of the box. You know, he wants to have a strike. He did it at Wimbledon as well. And I think the way him and Baptiste are developing this little partnership, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, and I say, Goran obviously plays such a fundamental role in our team with the way he he comes deep, sits yeah. between the fullbacks uh, and sort of you know rotates there with them to to sort of be that ball player. And it's it's a great great three in midfield. I'm I'm very impressed. I just hope that we keep hold of them. Yeah, we're going to have to have a special section for John on Gorin. Having just sat with him, listening to his orgas- orgasmic sounds every time Gorin does something, it's. Uh... John, we'll get to that section maybe later on for the Wimbledon. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do them again, not on the pod. Don't, <laughs> don't want to scare people, but I am the self-appointed president of the uh, Goring Supporters uh, Association. Yeah, I mean, for sure, I mean, for sure. You, you bang on, yeah. Connor, though. Like, he he can't... <laughs> Brannigan and, and Baptiste can't do what they're doing without the confidence that Goring's behind them, sorting everything out. It's, yeah. it's say, all the three yeah. of them interchange, but I think he's just so crucial. Um, he... he he gives them so much freedom. He, yeah. he he really does. He, he's the anchor in midfield and he, he plays a vital role in our team, without a doubt. He, he's a very tidy, tidy little player. Uh, we then move on to 36 minutes and then something fantastic happens. So Shannon oh. picks the ball up with his back to back to goal, a few metres inside the Lincoln half, rolls one player, kind of has a bit of a look around. 
opens up a bit of space for himself, rolls another player, and then he just strokes a really weird but beautiful kind of right-footed, side-footed laces effort from circa <laughs> 30 yards away. It was in off the bar. John, how beautiful was that? It was the way, you're right, he hit it, but it wasn't like he looked like he'd absolutely twacked it, but it just it was just so pure in the way it went in. And I mean, they gave him a lot of space not to take anything away from the strike, but he was kind of like, well, that guy's not going to come who's three metres away from me. I'll just have a go. And he went straight in and it was great to see the, the national pickup it was getting on, Quest and so on afterwards. Yeah. Connor, yeah. How, how beautiful is it seeing him roll those defenders? Well, they're not even great. defenders, are they? There's probably a striker and a, it's and midfield, a midfielder. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I mean, again, my celebration genuinely was one of disbelief. Like, I I didn't really jump up and go mad. I kind of just, like, stood up and was like, <laughs> did I just see that? Did I just see that go in? Like, what a strike. It was, uh, it was great. I mean, again, it was the way he used his... One thing that uh, Baptiste is very, very good at is the way he shields the ball with his body. Yeah. He's very, very good at that. And again, mm. it happened today against Wimbledon, but you can see the way he manipulates his body around the ball and around the players uh, that are surrounded him. And he did that to ride those two challenges, obviously yeah. not the ball on just in front of him and have a great strike. Uh, and what a goal. And, uh, and the fact it come off the crossbar as well, that, that just makes it look extra yeah. special. It always looks that little bit better, doesn't it? The way, the way you describe that celebration, like the inability to celebrate, it reminds me of Fosu's yeah. goal at, away at Lincoln when I just stood there <laughs> going, what? Yeah. What's what? going on? <laughs> that was literally it. Uh, you I looked just at my mum, with your mouth I, open. Yeah. Yeah. My mum was next to me and I looked at her and I was like, did I just goal. see that happen? I was goal. Like, I was like, what a goal that was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Class. So we move into the second half. We had ultimately we kind of deserved to to be in front, but Lincoln were looking like quite a tidy outfit. What what were the early stages of the second half like, Connor? Because listening in, it was it sounded a bit scrappy. It didn't sound like we really had control of the game. But yeah, like, I think it, it kind of was a little bit of a game of two halves. I think for me, because the second half, say particularly at the beginning, it was we. We were going through the motions again. It was one of those where it kind of just died off a little bit. We weren't we weren't creating any chances. It was a bit uh, lacklustre, I suppose, with some of our possession play. And I think uh, Lincoln's physicality came in came into the game a bit more during that period yeah. early on. Yeah, they, there was one positive move that I definitely picked out where we. I guess we we kind of picked up the ball in the center of defense. Had a bit had a kind of interplay around Dickey and, and so on. Um, it seemed really similar to the game against City. You know, there was a clip that was shared that ended with Aji getting pulled back and we won a free kick, but it was the the way we played in and around City and made them just chase us all over the place without actually having to work hard for it, if that makes any sense. But we had the central midfielders kind of dropping in to free up space for others going beyond them. It looked really intelligent and it kind of culminated in James Henry um, having a load of space on the edge of the box to either kind of put in Brannigan, who was making a run to his right, or get a, a shot off under no pressure. But we make it look, when we want to, we can make the game look extremely simple and we play through the lines in doing so. And it's um, it's great to see, but I should have really pulled that out and tweeted it or something, but um, I don't know if anyone noticed that. We do play through the lines exceptionally well. Like, I noticed it. Uh, against Lincoln we just the way we can cut through teams it feels like 
one of the things that uh, the coaching staff, etc., have been really working on is is the players' ability to pass the football. Like we are we are a very very good passing team, and I don't mean just short one twos, but I mean the the crucial splitting passes that cut through various lines, including the the back four. I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead again. We go we're going on to the Wimbledon, but like the pass for for Sykes' goal, it was just such a fantastic cut cut through uh, fullback and and uh, centre back. And I Would just it be feel fair like, to say yeah, that Lincoln we, and AFC weren't pressing us in the same way that, say, yeah. Shrewsbury and other teams were. Yeah. So I think we are going through the if lines you... when the right players are in the right places, but at times mm. that can be shut down. Yeah, I think if we if if people sit off us and don't get in our faces, then we'll pass yeah. teams to death. Yeah, I think it's only those sort of real. And I, I feel like Wickham were one of those teams where, if Akinfemi would have been on the pitch, I feel like they would have been able to shut us down far better because they're one of those teams that get in your face straight away. Mm. Uh, and obviously with their ten men, they weren't really quite able to do that. So I feel like there there might be tinks in our armor. I suppose if if clubs are willing to get in our faces and they've got the the fitness to be able to press us, particularly in and around sort of you know our back four, we pick up the ball and we play forward. We have the ability to play round teams, but you know if if they squeeze up against us, then you know like I say, we might have a little bit of a, a chip in our armor. But it seems like the last three games that no team's been able to do that. Yeah, the the, the one final comment I'll make on that is that. Pet like Guardiola always talked about pointless possession, and I know we've made a thing about it in the past on the pod where we've had just a load. Of, most of our possession was just on in the back line, especially early on this season, and maybe when we were struggling last season as well. A lot of our possession was just pointless in quotes, and that was how Guardiola referred to it as. And we do so much less of that in that we're progressive yeah. with our play now. And like what I was saying about the midfielders dropping in is that. That by giving the ball to the midfielder, you take the onus away from a defender having to make that, always kind of smash the ball up in hope. Um, and it, yeah, it, it just makes a massive difference. And you can tell that by trying to play through the lines, by the defenders dropping in, making space for maybe a centre-back to go beyond them when they're carrying the ball out, it makes a huge difference. But it's intentional. It's been coached and it's it's really, yeah, really definitely. impressive. It's really impressive. Um, yeah. Anyway, we talked a bit about Lincoln being a bit kind of direct in their play and they're always going to be a bit ominous from kind of free kicks and corners and that type of thing and then they bring on Akindi who we, yeah. we all know about and um, yeah. there was a chance kind of midway through the second half where a long ball kind of comes over the top Moose doesn't really deal with it well and I know it was Moose because of his fluorescent pink boots that he's got on um, <laughs> Ruffles does really really well to kind of come back and cut across Akinde so he kind of to halt his progress, but the ball does find its way to Tyler Walker. Connects with it well, but Cadden is there with a fantastic block um, to stop the shot, kind of causing Archer any problems. But that, I, yeah, listening, I remember listening to that when it was happening. I was getting very, very emotional on the A1 in my car listening <laughs> to that moment. But seeing it back, it was even more terrifying. Um, it must have seemed like they were clean through at the time, Connor. Yeah, it was just, it was Moose's mistake. Um, you know, everyone has them. You know, hold your hands up, but I think it was credit to the the combination of, of Ruffles uh, and Cadden and their work to get back and you know cover their captain's backside. Um, so yeah, they did well in that in that regard. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> thankfully that wasn't a an equaliser. Uh, but I, going back to very briefly to 
uh, Lincoln and their direct style of play. When when Akinde came on, they they certainly started to play, you know, more direct and, and sort of try and play into him a bit more. Because Tyler Walker can run off him, and that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. They tried that when we beat them six 0 as well. It didn't work. <laughs> anyway, um, Sykes showed glimpses of real promise and kind of decent step overs and taking people on on the right wing when he came on. Um, so that was solid. Uh, we moved into injury time and that kind of famous old school Oxford United winning by one goal. Tension is kind of came back again. We had it at Wickham and yet again, it was back. Uh, Lincoln were bringing up their keeper from a corner. Um, and this was just a ter- terrifying moment for everyone. So our Arch- Archer, who hasn't really put a foot wrong the whole time he's been here with us, came out for the corner, which I think you would argue that he needs to be coming for when it's in that kind of area. Uh, he misses it completely and it, Akindi anticipates it well and just kind of headers the ball straight at the post. It just hits it clean. Rob Dickey, again, right place, right time, manages to clear the ball out. Um, and then a moment later, so we thought that was the end of the danger and we're into like 94, 95th minute now. Um, but there's a throw, a long throw that then just comes in from from that clearance. It's flicked on and it's heading towards the back post and there's a Lincoln player just you know snooping around waiting to get his head on on the ball after it's bounced but josh ruffles if he hadn't done i i thought if ruffles wasn't anticipating someone being there he could have left it assuming it was just going to go out um but he manages to hook it clear and it would have been a goal if he didn't get a touch so connor how did that feel i could hear on the radio that woman from tame who's always screaming on radio oxford (laughs) um coming through but how was that in the stand it was it was the absolute definition of squeaky bum time. I'll tell you that much. I was sat there and I was like, oh my God, when when Akinde hit the post, my my heart was in my mouth, but Jesus Christ, thank God that didn't go in. Um, God, I sounded very religious then, didn't I? <laughs> Jesus Christ, thank God. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, well, it is Christmas. Um, I I just, yeah, it was, uh, I don't really, I don't really want to like, point a finger at Jordan Archer because I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong. Uh, I think he said, didn't he? Or I think I don't know if it was him or Ki. He just said, that, I don't know. I think it was Archer when he said it. It just caught like almost like it caught a gust of wind, almost like it just came a bit quicker than he anticipated, and, and he didn't quite get there. And obviously, he was trying to clamber over quite a large amount of players in the area. So I don't really want to point yeah, a finger yeah. at him. And Kr did say after the game that he has been encouraging Archer to come out more. So yeah. he said, if that would have got in, then it would have been on his head. Uh, but thankfully, it didn't. No. But the second attempt that went across the goal line, I, I don't know how the hell they didn't get anything on the end of that. I know because yeah. it Gosh. looked it looked to me as though all they needed was one player to just gamble on it, just, you know, just throw so their casually. body at it, and it would have gone in. He just yeah, he did, casually he? just hooks it over thing and like, you know, carry on, let's go. That was the last kick of the game yeah. as well. Last kick of the game. Um, yeah. So in in summary, then, so it's it's fantastic that we're demonstrating an, an ability to win ugly, and we kind of referred to it earlier on. But we didn't create that much in the game. We got that first half goal, um, and for the second game in a row, kind of restricted Lincoln, um, who like Wickham were direct and physical um, to kind of scraps, and it felt like it was always going to take a special moment to win the game after the first 15 or 20 minutes, and that moment luckily arrived. But John, in summary, from you, similar thoughts that. It was it was always going to be a tight affair. Yeah, I think so. I hadn't properly thought about how close it really would be until actually the the day of the game, where you realise that 
it might need a moment. I'm not saying I predicted <laughs> Shandon was going to do that, but it might need a moment where someone would just find a way to break past a very structured, disciplined team that we knew Map would put out. And the fact they went more more direct and physical didn't surprise me. And it's actually, on paper, it's a, yeah, we should win at home quite easily type of match. But actually, it's a really, yeah. really, really good result against a team that weren't necessarily going to be able to beat us. I didn't think they would win, but they actually knew how to... I thought Matt would say, this is how we can frustrate them and probably maybe push ourselves and nick a draw. And that's nearly happened. So yeah, really, really good result. Do, do you think, Connor, a draw would have been a fair result? Uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe it, maybe it would have been. Um, because I don't think we were particularly on ball, particularly in the second half. Um, but, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be brutal about it. There's no point looking back on it because it was a it was a, a very very important win and a very uh, well carved out you know ugly ugly win at that because this is what I mean I've, I've heard many people say it on Twitter and whatever promote promotion contenders which I would consider ourselves we are that we are we, we know, definitely we are, are. On those sides <laughs> we are um, just commit yourself Connor <laughs> we need to win we need to win ugly yeah. yeah we need to you know we need to be able to win ugly and get three points against tough teams and that's exactly what we did so and again it was the same sort of thing against Wickham and we've, we've you know we've, we've shown that we can do that yeah so uh Jump, yeah, jumping ahead credit to the, to the lads if you add in what emerged after the game about there being quite a few players who were sick or under the weather that, yeah. that's just another enormous yeah. factor that it's a competitive league and if you're not sort of on it then you can lose individual battles quite quickly I reckon so it's a really yeah it's a fun, it's a great result it was a great result yeah something something came out after the game um which basically we're, we're, there's always like a slash OUFC nice tweet from some betting site or something that gives you some kind of fact or stat about how well we're doing but I didn't know this because the last time we conceded a league goal at home was back in August and the 3-3 versus Coventry which is mental so we're eight unbeaten at home, one six drawn two, seven games without conceding, six hundred and thirty minutes since last conceding on August thirty first, one defeat in the last sixteen, and two defeats in the last twenty. But I guess Connor, do we like that the Kassam's a fortress? It's something I love and hate, given that I hate that place. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know many fortresses that only have three stands <laughs> or have. You know, a massive gaping hole down one end of the fortress, and but metaphorically, mm. metaphorically, it is certainly a fortress. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can call it that. Yeah. Uh, although it's, or I don't know if it's just me, but particularly since I've been home recently and been able to go to all the home games and stuff, which has been great, I get so nervous before home games. Like I genuinely. No matter who we're playing, no matter what my prediction is on the previous week's podcast or anything like that, I always sit there and go, we're going to lose. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I always feel myself like full of dread oh, when I watch us at home. I'm co- and it's really I'm strange. I'm the opposite. I, when, when, I, when we drive for three hours to Milton Keynes and then get a bad result, <laughs> that's, that's more stressful than just popping home after Unlucky a game. Boys. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. reaction after the match. So KR was, yeah, just went into the fact that um, the team really wasn't well going into that game. Um, he said, if we're bad, and he kind of acknowledged that he didn't feel the team played well, but let's make sure we limit Lincoln's chances. And we absolutely did that. 
He said, we're going to be better. And you made a point about this, Connor, but he said, we're going to be better after January. Yeah. Those those who are playing Oxford now are playing a worse Oxford, basically saying that he's got, suggesting to, to our transfer section, there's stuff lined up in terms of people coming in. And whilst he'll already be anticipating certain individuals leaving, I'm sure, you know, I think Jack was saying that potentially the deal for Dickie was already wrapped up. And I, I hate to say, I think it was Jack that said that. <laughs> if, if anyone wants to complain, it's Captain Ox on Twitter. There you go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he also said that he wouldn't have said the stuff about players being ill if we'd have lost, um, not to kind of talk about an excuse, which was, which was interesting. Uh, Map was really, really angry about Massinho um, not being sent off. And this that wasn't even on the highlights and, and listening back and getting varied, yeah, getting varied opinions. It was like there was always a covering player there, so he needed yeah. to chill out. But Lincoln fans were giving the it, ref a hard time the whole way through, weren't they? They were, yeah. But, I mean, I know we're past the game now, but it was a very, very good foul. A tactical foul. You know, you know, like it was it was an extremely tactical foul and it was a foul that a player of Massinho's quality and experience is able to make not so rash that perhaps it could be a red card. I don't necessarily just mean because of the co- or the lack of covering players, for example, but I mean the way he did it, that it wasn't a rash kick out or anything. It was just a you know, a little a little touch that was enough to bring the player down and get a book in. So it was a very experienced tactical foul and it was a very good foul it, it had to happen good. so fair play good foul moose. moose yeah good foul uh, moose at map left us with a little kiss by saying that he thought Oxford would finish top two which I thought was really sweet John did you think that was sweet yeah it was very nice of him and we know how much his, his stock is so I think we can just bank it now really Absolutely. Um, that result put us up to third in the table, so we all started getting a bit giddy. Obviously, then we were seven points away from Wickham with a game in hand, <laughs> one point behind Ipswich at that time. Um, and now we can talk about the Wimbledon game. Watch us. What, what's the mic song again? I don't remember how it goes. Watch us wreck the mic. Da, da, da. I needed to get a jingle for That's that, it. didn't I? Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Sykes. Sykes. Anyway, so even though we did... It's not actually... We yeah. did We did Sorry. a... Um, Carry thanks, on. Connor. We did a two-hour pod last time That's around. Right. Cool. Just, call me, just call me PJ. <laughs> or Duncan. You do look a little bit like Ant. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> anyway... That's that's one for a poll. Does Connor look like Ant? Yes or yes. Anyway, we we did a two-hour pod last time round and we forgot to preview Wimbledon because all the days blend. Everyone forgets what day it is around Christmas, so you don't really know what's going on, so let's blame that. Um, So a bit of a kind of mini preview for now. So Wimbledon basically had a horrendous start to the season. They didn't win in their first 11 games, which is something I completely forgot about, to be honest, because you're focusing on Bury, Bolton and Southend, really. But in their next 11 games, they ended up winning six of them. Um, so they're on a decent run coming into the game, and that's largely down to a turn in their home form. So they went into today's game um, unbeaten in five home games, winning four and drawing one, which is again is something that I wasn't aware of. So... It's no mean feat while well, we've basically come away from, um, what's the stadium called? Meadow something? They're moving Crown back to... Red, uh, Crown Red something. Crown something like that. Yeah, I can't even remember what it's called <laughs> when I was there about 
about five hours ago. <laughs> I was stood on the terrace. I can't remember. They're moving back to um, Plough Lane, is it? I think after this yeah. season, so that's good for them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, their last home game, they beat Donny at home two one, and after Donny's recent kind of results, you know that's that's decent from them. They beat Gillingham one 0 at home. Drew with Lincoln one all, um, decent result. Beat Portsmouth one 0 and beat Rochdale three um, two. So you know they were really on a good run at home. Their last away game, um, they beat high-flying Bristol Rovers 2-1 as well. But they've only actually won one away game before that. And guess who they beat? I think you could probably predict it. Is it South End, uh, yeah. yeah, it is, South John. <laughs> Sol Campbell's South End United. They beat them 4-1. Well done, Sol. Oh, they're doing really well this year, aren't they? <laughs> they are, wouldn't yeah. be a pod. Wouldn't be a pod without a Sol... Soul chat. Yeah. That's all dig. We're, we're, we're like we're like the uh, we're going to be known as the anti soul pro psychs podcast. We should see if we can get him on for a chat. <laughs> get so on. We'll start, we'll start blaming or Yeah. Anyway, after today, as I said earlier on, um, Wimbledon's most popular score scoreline this season was a two-one defeat. I think it was a two-one or one-nil. Had both happened four times for them. Um, and after today, obviously, it tipped 2-1 up to 5. So there you go. It's interesting that sure. footy stats site and that transfer market site, you can get all kinds of stats off there. We should probably use them for our previews more often, I guess. Um, anyway, KR told us before the weekend we were going to have five changes going into the game. So Long, um, Elliot Moore, Sykes, Hall and Mackie all, all come in and we changed the shape from that kind of 4-3-3 that we've been playing to that more conventional 4-2-3-1 that we started the season with. Um, massive game for Hall, Connor, today. Yeah. Um, I I said to one of the guys I was at football with today, I said to him, I think this is make or break for Hall. I, I generally think his performance uh, would influence the decision on whether or not he leaves in January, uh, whether that be a loan or a permanent. And you know, not jumping ahead too much. I wasn't very impressed with Rob Hall today. I mean, that's um, jumping ahead. I think the fact he was... Sub- <laughs> it is, yeah. I think... That's as I much jumping fact- as you could possibly do. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to keep jumping. The fact he was subbed off uh, confirms that, I think. Well, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but he yeah. just... He wasn't up to it today. He wasn't and, up to um, it. John, what about Sam Long? He, he still has a point to prove uh, to kind of claim that right back slot with all this stuff up in the air with Cadden. You know, will we bring someone? I know we're going to bring someone else in, but will they be looking to start that person, or should Sam Long have a have a shout? A big game for him. I think it it was a big game for him, not to prove himself per se, but just to keep put the pressure on KR. And equally, you worry that they've had to they won't commit a first place slot to. Um, anybody in particular per se, but if it's say for example a low a Premiership loan player, there may be pressure on that player to, to always start. So I think he couldn't let his performance drop, but I think he's firmly and KR now regularly points out how good he is. So not not so much, but I think he's sadly I think he's going to be uh, continually fighting for his place for for some reason, which isn't necessarily his fault. Yeah. So be it that we've got um, we're all going to the Doncaster game. It's very exciting. Um, but that's on what day is it today? Sunday, and that's on Wednesday. So we had our strongest bench ever, I would say, with Stevens, Cadden, Massino, Henry, Fosu, Aji, and Taylor all on there. Um, so all of them are pretty well rested going into Wednesday, which is great. Um, 
A bit of trivia that we discovered, or at least Jerome told us, is that Mackie um, started his career at the old Wimbledon um, and was part of that transition, or was inv- was there when they transitioned across to MK Dons, which was quite interesting. Um, so that's why he was getting a lot of stick, Connor. I'm not sure if people were aware in the crowd around you, but we were watching it um, at mine, and obviously Jerome was then commentating on it but he was making a point about yeah. that he only made three appearances for um mk dons after they moved before moving on to maybe exeter or something but could you hear him getting stick yeah me uh, yeah he was getting some stick and also i say the people i went to football with today uh we were talking about that so we knew that he played for them um it wasn't just him that also that was getting stick either robinson, uh, yeah. mr carl <laughs> robinson was getting uh, a fair a fair load of, of stick and i was speaking to uh as I've mentioned before, my uh, I'm going to put air quotes around this. My friend uh, from AFC Wimbledon, who sports Wimbledon, um, I was speaking to him and his uncle today before the game, and they were saying how a couple of years back when when uh, Robinson came with Cholton, uh, the Wimbledon fans had a fat uh, a flag, sorry, a banner, a banner, a massive. Well, actually, it was a massive banner. It was rolled out across the the front of the of the home home end. And it said, Carl Robinson is to mm. see you next Tuesday on it. Um, so they certainly don't like Carl Robinson. Uh, and they and they made those feelings apparent today. But the Oxford fans were drowned. We were drowning them out in terms of, uh, you know, Carl Robinson's Yellow Army chant. Yeah. So, you know, KR, he, he can take it. You know what KR's like. So it was... Uh, it was quite quite entertaining. Bit of banter, but he made a comment about it after the game on Yellow Player as well to say it's it's not every every week he yeah, gets both no. sets of fans cheering his name. So that's good. Anyway, <laughs> so the game started. Elliot Moore um, seemed to have a bit of a shaky start, um, kind of giving the ball away a couple of times, but he really grew into the game after that. Um, Brannigan, another kind of highlight early on was that he was booked um, after six or seven minutes or something and it was a filthy, filthy challenge and it must have been close to where you were, Connor, on that side of the pitch, I guess. But um, it looked, <laughs> I generally thought it could have been a red card, but the Wimbledon players didn't didn't complain and he got he got away with the yellow, but a real tightrope for the rest of the match, I guess. I'll be honest, I didn't see the challenge because... Um... Obviously, where you're packed in at Wimbledon, yeah. um, you you have like to you have to be on your toes the whole game. Yeah, it is like a mosh pit, but you have to be on your toes the whole game because people move and the heads are in the way and whatever. So I actually didn't see his tackle, um, and obviously I've, I know he got booked. But you're right; he was on a bit of a tightrope, and you could see particular times where Noah Brannigan he would have gone in for for a challenge. He kind of stepped yeah. off and he, he backed off for the rest of the game. So. You know, fair play to him for staying on the pitch, because being booked that early, you you, you never know what can happen going on. Yeah, going forward. yeah, for sure. Um, Shandon was playing kind of left left wing with Robbie Hall in that kind of number yeah. ten position, Sykes on the right hand side. Shandon was getting a lot of the ball early on, cutting in, cutting in a plenty, um, managing to kind of get past a few people, maybe over dribbling a little bit, but he still was having See, a solid solid first half. It's interesting because you watching it on TV you would have seen more of what Shannon Baptiste did on the left-hand side of the pitch than I did because the left-hand side of the pitch at the Wim- uh, you know Wimbledon's ground, you can't see anything. You can't 
it needs on the ticket it needs to say restricted view because you can't see anything <laughs> like me and my my mates who we were with and hundreds of oxford fans who were you know further back in the the mosh pit as you say you can't see down the left-hand side of the pitch. You can just see the tops of their heads and their bodies. So I couldn't actually see anything that Shandon was doing or um, uh, Josh Ruffles. And it was funny because a lot of the fans were saying, like we were just shouting random stuff, like it's our ball, ref, it's our ball. Like we couldn't see anything. So <laughs> it's a bit frustrating uh, that you can't see everything at, at Wimbledon's ground. Do you, do you want me to cut this section out of the pod and send it to AFC Wimbledon? <laughs> and we'll see if you can get yeah. a refund. yeah. I would actually, you know, 17 quid for a restricted view. Shocking. So Wimbledon, it, it was kind of end to end, actually, a really open game for a lot of that first half. And Wimbledon eventually got the ball in the back of the net, but it was um, deemed offside. No real complaints from them. Although there was a big shout for handball in the box in the build up, which um, the crowd I, were calling for. I thought that was handball. Nah. nah. Let's move on. Was it not? <laughs> I don't think so. They didn't. They didn't show. They didn't show a replay on the oh, okay. um, I follow thing. So I don't know. But um, we were still bossing possession, sixty five percent for us, kind of early on, um, and then we we managed to get a goal out of kind of seemingly nothing. Um, great, great cross from Sam Long, and kind of with Baptiste kind of yeah. closing in on the defender. Um, he kind of just taps it in from two three yards out. John, we had a little hop around in my conservatory. That was good. Yeah, I mean, who needs who needs Chris Cadden with a with a ball like that? It really was just absolutely in the in the danger zone, so to speak. And I mean, it was poor from the defenders. He sort of dabbed it on the outside of his foot. Um, but as you say, Baptiste was there, and I think Sykes did well to play him in as well. And that's a partnership that will need to potentially emerge for the next few games as well. So yeah, really decent goal. Yeah. He wasn't under pressure, was he? Well, not, yeah, not he was. The, Baptiste was uh, right was behind him. Yeah. Was he? Oh, okay. Because it seemed as though, when we were watch, watching it live, it just seemed as though it was an unbelievable cross. It was a great ball in from Long. He would have, and it just seemed like he just <laughs> just stuck it in his own net. And we were all like, okay. Well, like, I thought, it was like no one no one actually put in a lot of pressure on him. I haven't seen I haven't seen the... Uh, he, the he'd have struggled to have put it actually, behind where he was with his right foot. But if right, he could have okay. swung his left through it, then he could probably have cleared it. Um, but it yeah, certainly yeah. wasn't sort of about to get crunched by Baptiste. Baptiste was just loitering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was a great move to um, to free up the space for to long to cross it beforehand. We kept possession for a while, and it was one of those, like you were saying earlier, James, is that that real progressive style of football, slowly yeah. working our way up the yeah. pitch, finding the finding the space for for a delivery. So it was a good goal. You know, we I mean, you know it's an own goal, whatever. But the build up played to it was was good. As you say as well, like that kind of progressive football playing through the lines, we, we weren't just messing around with it at the back. We had 65% possession, but a lot of it was working it to the flanks and try, kind of coming inside, trying to get shots off from the edge of the box. And obviously there was a, a thing about trying to get layoffs to Robbie Hall to try and get some shots away. But it was all very intentional. It was a decent half from us. Um, there was definitely some sustained pressure from Wimbledon as they were just kind of chucking balls into the box. But um, Dickey was generally yeah. in the right place at the right time, as we were talking about earlier, to just get most of those things away. I mean, they, they didn't have um, anything else than that kind of more direct style to, to offer. They didn't really work the ball well, but it felt that was the sort of goal they, they might score. It would be that sort of just piling the pressure in. Um Baptiste yeah. as well was making some great recovery challenges in that that first half, which is probably a side of his game we don't see as much. 
but he was he was really yeah that's the point sliding yeah. back and doing some really really good stuff there for sure um so we go into the second half uh, Colin, did you have anything at half time any refreshments uh yes i had a kit kat okay good half-time. moving on to the second <laughs> half uh so 47 minutes, we didn't have a great start, basically. Goal straight after half-time. Um, a skipper's goal, as uh, Nathan referred to it as. How do you say the guy's name? P- Piggott. Joe Piggott. Mr. Yeah. Piggott. Yeah. Piggott yeah. Joe Piggott. So he was kind of identified as one of the main threats going into the game. But great ball in, not too dissimilar from kind of longs in the first half. But someone, a defender should have probably been closer to him. Um whether it was long or, or dicky, but he managed, it was kind of a decent finish. He hit into the ground up into the top corner, but decent goal, but really, really frustrating that after that first half where we kind of limited them to this kind of horrible direct football that they managed to get space to get a, a decent yeah. cross away. And then a, a goal that was relatively unchallenged, but yeah. How was that felt in the stands? Just people were just getting back uh, off after just... their Kit Yeah. <laughs> it was a feeling of frustration. I think a lot of people were, you know, I mean, obviously, whenever you concede, you always get the swear words coming out. But there were a lot of people screaming. Um, yeah. I think people were a bit pissed off that it happened so quickly, straight yeah. after the kickoff. It almost seemed like we we didn't really come out of the blocks at all, whereas yeah. Wimbledon did. So after that win, in obviously one all, then um, kind of ten fifteen minutes where it's still kind of end to end stuff, but largely we are still bossing possession. Hall eventually has a really good kind of low strike from just outside the box, um, just went wide of the keeper's um, left-hand post. Um, and then he came off basically on 59 minutes for Fosu. Connor, we know what you think. John, what are your thoughts on on Robbie Hall? Was that? Do you feel like he may be going out on loan in January? KR's already said that players will be going out. I think he probably has to. I mean, he had a bit of a... He had an interesting game. There was a couple of moments where he got the ball and he played... A, pretty reasonably good ball through and Mackie was just too slow to to get on the end of it he had one where he got into that pocket of space in front of the goal and cracked it and it was just wide just before he came off but then on the other side of the coin he got into a lovely position on the left where he could have driven down the line or just run at a defender and he just seemed to bottle it and just laid it off and there were there was sort of it was very erratic and I don't know it feels like I don't know whether he feels the pressure from sort of we seem to be talking about it a lot but I think he probably if there's two quick wingers coming in, then the numbers just aren't there for him. But he's kind of he's yeah. erratic in, at the moment, and some sometimes you can see the old Rob Hall, other times you can see a why hasn't he pushed on type of thing. So he's, yeah, he's still 26, which is the other yeah. thing. Is like yeah. that 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 moment John referred to there, Connor. You probably won't have seen it because it would have would, it would have been down that left hand side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he had the defender kind of flat footed. And had at least like a meter or two in between him, to, and he was you know facing goal. You know he could have just gone for him, and there was a couple of moments where you're just like, gone. Maybe that that's not his game anymore after his injuries, but you kind of rooting for him because you want him to kind of have some of those moments yeah. so you, to yeah. give himself the best chance to kind of stay in the team and have a run. But it just didn't seem to be happening. But I mean, yeah, I might criticize Rob Hall, but I do like him. Like I like the bloke, I think, uh, on social media and stuff, he comes across very well. And also, for what he did uh, us, obviously, his previous spell, it's not that I have anything against him. I just don't think um, he's going to quite cut it in the side, with, with, like you say, uh, with some of the players potentially coming in to you know, push for his, his spot, either on the bench or in the first team, in, 
you know. So, um, yeah. I think I think we might be seeing the the last of Hall playing uh, this season. Yeah, personally. Um, just after kind of actually it was before that Ruffles had a really good shot from distance with his left foot, kind of si- similar to Baptiste's. Maybe it was really kind of well stroked. It was heading towards the top corner. Great save from the keeper. Uh, Mackie was then played through by Fosu, and we, there was a moment similar in the first half where if Mackie's pace or touch was was there, where he, his first touch would take the ball away from the defender, he'd, he'd be able to get a shot off. And it was if Taylor was in the side, John, I remember you saying maybe maybe he's kind of taking those chances, but um, Mackie's not got quite you know at thirty four, he hasn't got that turn of pace in his legs. Um, Sykes <laughs> then takes the worst corner ever. <laughs> Um, he passed it nicely to the to the Wimbledon player on the edge of the box, and I, I, there was an analogy for this. I had to write it down because I think I'll forget it. But it's like when you press the wrong button when you're taking yeah. a corner on FIFA, or like if you gave the controller to like your three year old nephew or something, and they just oh, press whatever they want. That's what it looked like. It's amazing. It's when you're pressing. It's when you're pressing the X button on PlayStation to skip the replay, <laughs> and it automatically takes the corner. That's yeah, what it is. That's it's awesome. one of them. He even the thing it is, is, you can. Like after the game, yeah, he was like, he did, didn't he? Oh, that, <laughs> fair play. I mean, you, you can't laugh at yourself when you win. Then, <laughs> but God, it was a terrible. Call. Yeah, I think you should have seen the reactions <laughs> when that corner happened. Everyone in the stands, my my language, we were just like, "What the fucking hell was that?" It was like everyone in the stand. It was almost like <laughs> it just everyone unanimously said it at the same time. Um, it was. Yeah, it was it quite was funny. Anyway, a minute a minute later, though, um, but I know we've referred to it already, uh, but Baptiste picks the ball up around the halfway line. He gets his head up really, really well, and he just plays this absolutely pinpoint weighted pass through to Sykes to run onto. And Connie, you were saying before we started the pod, but Sykes kind of takes it, takes it a little bit further, and you think, you need to get your shot off, man. Um, and he, yeah. you can tell he gives the keeper the eyes as if he's going to go near post, and then he just cuts the ball back across him into the far corner. But what a ball from from Shandon John! Yeah, I mean that that is literally inch perfect. Even slowed up, Sykes didn't have to break stride whatsoever. I started to panic that he'd taken it a few steps too far, and the keeper might come out. But as you yeah. say, he just rolls it in, and that one had to go in as well. If we're sort of talking about players that are a bit sort of under pressure at times and not yeah brilliant great great scenes in the stands connor for that yeah yeah can i just say get in sykesy yeah just (laughs) yes i was so happy for him that he scored because he played really well today and i know that i say everyone knows who listens to this podcast that me and you james particularly are, are advocates of sykes but i was so happy for him when he sat that in the corner I was probably, I probably celebrated more than anyone else in the stands because I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, it's the boy from Northern Ireland. I was like, yes, lad. Um, great finish. Uh, unbelievable pass from, from Shandon. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, some scenes in the away end. It's just such a shame that Sykes ran off the other way and celebrated in front of their fans instead yeah. of ours. I noticed he did. I was a, kind of gutted. He, did a, like, he chose he did, a, yeah. um, a cleansman dive and I was very proud of him for that. Because, you know, if you don't yeah. score that often, you, you, you kind of have that moment where you're like, what do I do? So he must have thought about it yeah. and have gone, I'm going to go full cleansman here. It was a great celebration. It was yeah. a proper slide as well. Like he, he actually went for it a bit. 
There was a point was, made uh, that Cadden yeah. was um, sprinting down the touchline off the bench to go and celebrate Sykes' goal, which I thought was nice. Maybe, you know, the fans have got to him. He's like, screw it, I'm staying here. I'm, I'm going to go and celebrate with the boys and, and milk this. Well, um, who knows? Yeah. Great, great goal, though. Great timing. And, um, you know, once that, once the Wimbledon goal went in, you just feared that it was going to become this horrible game of football as the floodlights yeah. kind of descended onto the pitch. But... We we absolutely you kind of bossed the game still. There was there was a moment not far after that where there was absolute chaos in our area after Gorin gave the ball away just inside our own half and Archer ended up doing a double or a triple save um where Piggott kind of smashed a shot from the edge of the area. Archer parried it and um Redondi got to the rebound, but he did brilliantly to block again and eventually we hacked the ball away. But John, that could have dropped anywhere, couldn't it? We had a close view of it. Yeah, it was, it was the only time during the game where I didn't make a positive noise about Gorin. <laughs> but it was, um, it was, yeah, I mean, Archer probably could have done better from the initial thing, but it was brilliant, the follow-up from that. And it was, that sort of 80 minutes time felt pivotal for obviously saving goals, goal chances, but just generally keeping it, keeping it tight because it could have gone easily the other way with the way they were starting to build up a bit of a sort of direct stuff. So yeah, really, really good. Yeah. What what was really good, and we, we talked about it after the game, but that after that kind of chaos that we just referred to, um, we absolutely bossed the game and managed the game really, really mm. well. And considering we'd made five yeah. changes going into the game and we're playing against a horrible physical direct team for the third game in a row, you could say. Um, yeah. yeah, fantastic stuff. But we had a couple of chances with Baptiste kind of breaking through, cutting in, taking a few shots. One went really close. Um yeah, Connor, I guess that whole managing the game, maybe it didn't feel so tense in the stands for that last 20 minutes because of how well we were playing. Yeah, I mean, we were playing extremely well. I think we managed the game, like I say, really well. But there was that sense of, I mean, there always is, isn't there? No matter what team you are, who you support, whatever, when you're only winning by one goal and the opposition have such, you know, physically, they are humongous um, yeah. I was I was having a joke with one of the, one of my mates. I was saying, I think Wimbledon's recruitment policy is that you have to be six foot two, or actually not allowed to play for them, <laughs> because they're they're huge and they you know their long board policy literally just kept happening whenever they won possession in the last fifteen minutes. But we matched them uh, in terms of you know, defending against them. Uh, we, yeah. we were very impressive, and I have to say, one person I do want to give a little bit of a shout out to is Jamie Mackey. Um, I know in previous podcasts where we spoke about, you know, his perhaps where he might be next season and obviously his influence on the squad is huge, etc. But his goal scoring, you know, is a goal scorer. He isn't one, you know, blah, blah, blah. But today mm-hmm. I thought Jamie Mackey was absolutely fantastic. He did not stop running. He won so many duels against their two centre-halves who were at least a foot bigger than him. He held the ball up. One, one of them went off because he couldn't be yeah, asked anymore. He couldn't. He couldn't, like, he couldn't yeah. Mackie's just pissing me off too much. I'm getting yeah, off. He couldn't handle him. Mackie was absolutely fantastic. And for me, Mackie was up there for man of the match today, regardless his, of the fact that his, his ref whining was, was top standard oh, as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, being funny, we, sang, we sang we sang Mackie's name throughout, throughout the game because just the presence that he had today was fantastic. And, 
yeah, I I really appreciate Jay Mackey's performance today. I, I guarantee when the ref saw that Mackey was captain, he was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, sake. <laughs> talked to him so much. <laughs> anyway, um, we were unlucky, actually, I, I thought, to not go further ahead because, like I said, Baptiste, there was one yeah. moment especially where he kind of broke through, could have paid, played Fossu in, who was in acres of space inside the box, but took the shot. Um, maybe the wrong decision, but he, he worked that space really, really well. Um, five minutes ended up being added on, which seemed ridiculous in itself. It should have been far less than that. I think KR had his head, um, hands on his head. Um, he Mackie yeah. came off. <laughs> yeah, he Mackie did. came off for that. Taylor on, on uh, 94 minutes um, to the welcoming uh, chorus of franchise bastard, you know what you are. That was nice. Um, I'm sure Mackie milked that up and did a little lap of honour afterwards. Um, <laughs> and then there was there was a moment right at the end where Baptiste um, did a really nice little dink past the the left back um, to kind of break through with Taylor kind of running up with him. Um, slightly overhit the cross for Taylor, but it could have been a tap-in if it was played well. Taylor ends up cutting in, takes a shot, goes out for a corner, and that's that. It's game over. But Connor, that is a, a great, great win for us. And it's our, I think if we'd have said... We'll go through these three games against Wickham, Lincoln, and Wimbledon, and get three wins. I think yeah. you would have, you know, snapped someone's hand off or checked if they were they were loony. Who knows? But fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it was fantastic. It's a really good performance all around. I think in in many different departments because we we dug deep at times where Wimbledon, you know, tried to throw some parts of the kitchen sink. I wouldn't say they threw everything at us. Um, and we stood up well against them defensively and going forward considering we'd made so many changes we did create quite a lot of good chances and perhaps actually you know obviously we're really happy with the win and, and whatever but I think if you're going to be ultra critical I think actually we could we could have nicked at least one more um, yeah and sometimes I feel like those those chances need to be converted a bit more um, especially recently I mean obviously I know that we were uh, top goal scorers in English football or whatever earlier on in the season and we were knocking goals in for fun but the goals have seemed to dry up a little bit uh, we're still winning and we're keeping clean sheets etc obviously not today but prior to that yeah. um, but I do think they you know coaching staff etc might be picking up on some of those sort of half chances or perhaps full chances that we should be sticking in the back of the net uh, and hopefully going forward we'll uh, you know we'll keep this run going because it's again we're playing fantastic football and we're getting results I mean what more as a football fan of your team would you want than that yeah we had, we had three times as many corners more shots on target tw- over twice as many shots in total fifth, nearly 60% possession John a deserved win yeah I, I think it was such a complete performance against a team that maybe they weren't trying to press us but we, we didn't give them, a, give them an inch um handled the game management was really really good there were a lot more tactical fouls in the right places um so i and good finishing and we could have had a few more um if some of the decisions went the way or sorry some of the the way we played had gone well so no i think absolutely deserved win and yeah probably probably one of the most important ones actually yeah uh, after the game so reaction i had to dig around on this we didn't have much time before starting the pod but um KR was saying he's not too sure, he wasn't too sure if he had that type of performance in the team in some ways, but he said he feels like we've all seen a different type of performance from the team today. I'd actually argue that over the last two games leading up to this, it was a similar thing that we were mixing it up as to the points we were making earlier, fighting for everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and we carried that on into today, and it's great to see you can change the lineup and they've still got the same attitude. Um, 
he said it's the first time he's won here and he said i don't know why i get so much attention um because every time i come here they get a decent result but i think we know why carl um <laughs> he said lots lots of players will be fresh for doncaster now um and he said freshness of the players today really showed um that it was the right decision to make five changes basically and i think i think he's right with that as yeah. he said um sykes said he just doesn't he said i don't hit too many corners and i think that shows that shows why i just scuffed it and then thankfully 30 seconds later i put the ball in the back of the net if that happens every week i'll take it um we've obviously sang the sykes song <laughs> already I'm not doing that again um <laughs> sam S- sam long was saying uh when you come into the that place was going to be a battle and it was and especially in the last 15 minutes and i found that interesting because watching it i felt the players were obviously having to work really really hard to close down the crosses and especially you know john we were making a point about we were stopping long balls from coming in in the first place so we were pressing that high and in numbers that they weren't actually able to kind of just punt it up for their big men um but that was notable and it was interesting that Sam Long just mentioned how hard they had to work in that last period of the game to kind of keep that up, I guess. Um, but yeah, fantastic stuff. I guess uh, we're over an hour and 13 minutes in again. But hopefully as we move out of this festive period, we're, starting, we're going to be reviewing one one game at a time. But um, there was a little stat, but I'm going to leave it until after you've, um, you've done the League One update, Connor. So let's go. Right, so uh, let's have a look at these festive results and uh, some of the standout performances and perhaps some of the shocks that has happened over the last uh, week or so. So on the 26th of December, so obviously on Boxing Day, uh, some of the key results I wanted to pick out were, as we previously mentioned, uh, Wimbledon's 2-1 win away at Bristol Rovers, uh, where they came from uh, one goal behind, which was a great result for them. But, uh, you know, Unfortunately, they couldn't manage that again today. Um, what a shame. It, what a shame. Uh, <laughs> Ipswich drawing uh, nil-nil with Gillingham, which was quite a surprising result, I think. Um, but Ipswich have hit a little bit of a, a dip in form, I think. I wouldn't That'd say a little more. bit. They're, they're absolutely yeah. flying down the table. A bit... he, Lam- Lambert's in mega trouble. Yeah. Um, and also, they've, they've, stopped, they've stopped scoring. Um, mm. Although... They did start scoring today, I suppose, but uh, they clearly let a few more goals in, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Peterborough um, lost at home 3-0 to Doncaster on Boxing Day, which was a great result for Doncaster, uh, given Peterborough's form going into that. Um, Again, Wickham continued their their little slide uh, as they lost 2-0 to Pompey uh, after, obviously coming off of a, a one-nil defeat to us. And then there was the uh, the fantastic, thrilling game that, that was uh, the nil-nil draw again, uh, between Sunderland and Bolton, which I can imagine went down fantastic uh, in Sunderland. And, and their I think after that, sure that... That prompted a, um, yeah. a, a statement by three or four of the fans, groups and podcasts basically calling for Stuart Donald to go. Yeah. In, in yeah. a sense. and I see that. That's quite um, like anything. It's quite a big moment when that happens. What impact it will have beyond ramping up pressure? Who knows? But they're they're really having their um, we're a big club flapping, throwing their toys out moment at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure that probably won't help uh, Phil Parkinson either. Uh, but moving on to 
uh, today's games, um, which is the 29th of December, um, again, talking of, of Ipswich's slide, uh, they they lost 5-3 to, uh, to Maps Lincoln, which was an absolutely fantastic result for us, um, as we'll go on to in a moment. Uh, and clearly, again, a, a great result for, for Lincoln as well, after uh, losing 1-0 to us on, on Boxing Day. Um, MK Dons picked up a, a, a really surprising, th- well, in my eyes, it was a surprising 3-1 win over Portsmouth. Uh, I didn't really see that one coming, but uh, that was a great result for, for MK. It makes me feel a little bit better, finally, after our result there, because they lost 3-1 to Gillingham last weekend, didn't they, MK? And I was going, oh, for Christ's sake. But I feel a little bit better that maybe their their form is turning. Yeah. Um a really great result for Rotherham today uh, after smashing Port, uh, sorry Peterborough four uh, 0 and obviously this is this is really going to set up a, a big game uh, on the eleventh uh, of January at the Kassam against us, uh, which will you know it's a uh, it's certainly two sides that are pushing for pro- pro- get your words out for promotion, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that one goes down. So Who are we playing? Is that Rotherham or Peterborough? That's Rotherham. Rotherham. Okay. Yeah. yeah Rotherham on the. I was saying, it's amazing that all the top title contenders have dropped off at the same point. I mean, Peterborough to concede seven in two games and yeah. not score once. I don't believe they've got any injury. You know, they've lost Tony or, or whatever. Nothing like that. It's it's so weird, and I'm really not going to not going to complain about it. But <laughs> no. every every team has a wobble, and we may hopefully had ours the first eight ten games of the season or whatever it was, but. It's it's so weird for it to be at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, and on the this topic of wobbles, <laughs> on, the, on the topic of, uh, of wobbles, yeah, uh, Wickham lost their three their third game in a row uh, after getting smashed four uh, one at home by Coventry, which was okay, I mean Coventry are uh, certainly a force to be reckoned with as well. Uh, that was a great result for them, but I see on on Twitter there was quite a lot of uh, it, was, it was some Oxford fans in particular. Uh, highlighting that Wickham have been found out. Um, I'm not quite sure how true that is, but I personally don't see Wickham as uh, as as one of the sides that will go up. I do think they have got their weaknesses, and perhaps they're showing that. But like like John says, everyone has their their wobbles. But we'll see. Uh, come come May time, um, and finally, uh, Sunderland and uh, uh, Phil Parkinson prevailed over Doncaster 2-1 today, which was a, a well-needed three points for Sunderland who find themselves in, in mid-table. Um, so on that note, and onto the table, I think there's only one place to start. Uh, <laughs> Oxford United are up to second place in the table. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, gents? Very good. <laughs> Game in hand, four points behind Wickham. That's, yeah. that's mad. I mean... Jump in and apologies if I steal a stat from someone later, but we were twentieth this time last year in the league. It's just yeah, an yeah. absolute stellar yeah. turnaround. And the other stat I was going to say it's, uh, is that it's crazy what a last, year can do. Last week, it's amazing what a week can do because last weekend <laughs> we were thirteen points behind Wickham, and now we're four points behind them. So that's mental. Yeah, especially when you see the little form, the form table next. You know where it's got. Wickham loss, 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 and Oxford win, win, win. And it's just obviously we've we've shifted up those those nine points, which is which is fantastic. And like we said earlier, if if someone said, would you take well, 
would you take nine points over the Christmas period you snatched a hand off for it? Uh, And on the note of uh, what the form table's looking like, we top the the League One form table at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, Our last 10 games, 1-7, drawn 2, lost 1, 23 points. Uh, Rotherham have also picked up the same amount of points as us during that period. So Rotherham are well and truly up on the charge as well. Um, They've played two extra games, though. It's worth yeah. noting. So yeah, it, it's amazing that yeah. we're still top of the form table and most of the teams in and around that table have played more games than us. So Yeah, really good. and I think something that I've just uh, stumbled across uh, while, while actually on, while on the pod, um, according to Odds Checker, which are obviously a, you know, a, a bookies, uh, website. Um, Oxford are now uh, the bookies' favourites for the League One title. Um, we are five to one, so that's very interesting. I'm not much of a better myself, but I thought that no. was uh, interesting to to bring up. I'm not putting any money on that because it would make me no. more scared than I already am. No, I'm definitely not putting any money on. Just just on that, um, we we tweeted, or I think Tim, um, what's Tim's surname? Tim Walker maybe tweeted um, about a prediction engine from 538.com. And it's, re- it's a really interesting read if anyone's bothered about it to look at the kind of the algorithm that runs or the, the automation or simulations they have in place where they kind of run um, different kind of match situations 20,000 times to get to answers and they kind of simulate seasons playing out and that type of thing. It's based on like market um, rates for players and historical data for the club spanning back 20 years plus um, obviously real-time data from Opta in terms of how games have played out this season and which players are performing well. Um, but it's worth taking a look at that because we were going to talk about it, but I think the pod will be seven hours and 48 minutes if we start <laughs> digging too much into that. But we we tweeted um, that the other day, so it's worth looking at it, uh, mainly because we're absolutely flying top of that. And that was after the Lincoln game. So I imagine if we went back and looked at the the soccer predictions um, now, we'd be even further um, eschewing for promotion based on that. But it's all terrifying stuff and enjoyable at the same time. It's from a very highly reputable company i mean it's slightly different field but the guy who owns it nate silver is famous for his political predictions and getting into sort of back in u.s elections for obama and that sort of time getting all the states over there absolutely right in terms of in some of the uk elections and they i think there is one of these where there's a lot of them go around but this one is particularly worth having a look at i think yeah for sure right let's go to on this day connor it's you again Slightly different for on this day, as I did have a little nose around for various years, and there wasn't really anything that stuck out as particularly interesting for on this day. So instead of that, as we are about to enter a new decade, I thought we'd uh, jump back to uh, the start of the decade in, in 2010, and particularly uh, the 16th of January, which obviously we're, we're not too far away from now, um, where we lost 1-0 to Tamworth at home in the Blue Square Premier. Um, And uh, one of the things that was fantastic about this was Damien Bat got sent off on 90 plus 9 minutes, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Don't know what he was playing at. Um, But obviously, you know, 2010, 
it was a fantastic season for us. Uh, obviously, we went on to to gain promotion. Uh, but this this result does kind of throw up a little bit of reflection time again, like like last last week's uh, on this day, on the last podcast, uh, considering our recent form, our recent uh, position in the league table, and obviously the sort of the hopes and aspirations that were around the club at the moment. So I thought that was quite nice to reflect how far we've come in ten years. Yeah, Jesus Christ! What league do we think Tamworth are in now? Are they still in the non-league? Premier, or whatever it's called. Don't think they're Premier. in the National League now. I think they've they've dropped back. They've got a player in their team in that game, Michael Blackwood, that we um nominated into potentially into our last pick eleven. The other oh, thing God. on a slight tangent on this game is I looked at the attendance and it was about five thousand six hundred for a home game in the conference ten years ago. And we're today having conversations about how at times we're not we're not getting past six and a half thousand. So it shows some of that sort of support that's fallen away in the 10 years where the first half of the decade probably wasn't that pop well got better but was still a sort of grind to get out of league two and people not really being there yeah it's a hell of some of those players though are still absolute legends yeah for oh, sure yeah, you know, chapman Crichton, right yeah. well all of the 2010 lot but um yeah. tamworth are in yeah. um the, the southern league premier division central which um i don't even know what tier that is but it doesn't sound very good <laughs> no, they're not the force they once were. No. Right, nice one, Connor. Let's preview some games. John. Right, on to Doncaster. Exciting thing. We're all going, as are Yay! many of many of the Yorkshire Yellows supporters group. And I think we're all getting far too excited about getting down there because it's only about 20 minutes down the road for a lot of us. Um, uh, wow. It is for you, boys, not for me. I've got a nice. Well, I've got a nice three-hour coach journey. Come on, spare a thought. <laughs> Get the violin out. Yeah, we'll have, a, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a pint for you whilst um whilst we wait for you. Jesus. Um, difficult one to, to call actually because their form has been a bit up and down most of the season. I mean, they're, they're now sixteenth, and as Connor mentioned, they lost to Sunderland yesterday, but they did get that Peterborough result, which is if they hadn't have got that result, I think we'd all be quite relaxed as much as you can be before an away away game. I mean we've beaten them once this season already with uh when Henry scored twice. One of them was an absolute belter, I don't know if you remember it, but it was sort of Baptiste type position on the right hand side and you just absolutely creamed it. Do you remember that one at all? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do I do, I do remember yeah. it. It was a weird it's, shot actually. It didn't look yeah, it, yeah, but it it was sort of like very similar position and he just sort of looked up and, and smacked it. So we have beaten them before. Um Darren Moore's their manager, and I also saw that uh, Paul Gerrard is um, their goalkeeping coach, and he had that cracking loan spell in the, the late nineties. Um, so he's a bit of a, a, a link to us before. But players-wise, and I, I know a few Doncaster fans through um, through our where I work, and, and they talk you know, very positively about how the team plays. They like to play decent football. They do. They do did highlight that they like to play it out the back quite a lot, and the centre midfielders typically will sort of take a few chances. So there could be some opportunities for us there, but they've got some decent players. They've got Ben Sadler, who, if you saw the highlights against Peter, scores an absolute cracker in the in the Baptiste mould of long-range strike. Ben Whiteman's a decent midfielder. He's their captain. They've got a lot of good league players. They've got James Coppinger, famously. Um, Reese James, ex-Man United, um, left-back, who's very good. Wasn't they've it... Um, sorry, John. Wasn't it Kieran Sadler that I think Ben... 
so Kieran, yeah. last time. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kieran, sadly, yeah. Yeah, he scored right. twice against um, Peterborough. And like you said, the, the way in the highlights, and it's only the quest highlights I saw of that game, but their build-up play was not too dissimilar to ours. It wasn't punting at all. It was very considered football on the deck. But um, yeah, he, yeah, I think, yeah, he got a couple in that game. But their fans were saying that they'd struggled for a decent striker and perhaps being a bit more forceful and sort of being able to break through teams. So I think they'll play decent football against us. But again, that, that could be an opportunity for us. Um, but you say they've they've got their own Spanish midfielder, Madjo Gomez. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of chance about um, Spanish-related yeah. things on the day. So I bet he doesn't um, eat paella and drink Estrella. No, drink Estrella. no probably, probably not. No, he's an attacking midfielder, so he won't be as much oh, fun. No. Oh, Obviously. maybe Goran will be marking him. That'd Possibility, yeah. Yeah. They can get they can just mouth off to each other and say what they like and the ref won't have a clue. <laughs> so um So yeah, so I think that's um I think it should be a decent game actually. Um pub chat, well there's some a lot of decent pubs in Doncaster Town Centre. Many would probably be surprised. Um, we're going to pop. What's the name of the pub we're popping to first, James? Uh, the t- Tut and Shive or something. It's next to Tut the train Shive. station. Yeah, but then the pub in the station, the Draftsman, is well recommended by Berlin Yellow. Uh, Andrew is in one of our in our group. Um, but the Wall Market, which is a new development in Doncaster Centre, is really really nice as well. So there's loads of pubs around there. But then it's a taxi, taxi to the ground. So yeah, I think we're all far too excited, especially after three wins. Over Christmas. Um, predictions, Connor, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to go with 2-1 again. And I think Matty Taylor and Tariq Foster are going to score. James? I'm going to say 1-0 to us uh, with the Matty Taylor goal, second half. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll get a clean sheet. I'm feeling good about that. So I think I'm going to go for a 2-0, 2-0 victory. Um, and that'd be 12 points over Christmas when typically teams just grind out and play horrible stuff but well why not so yeah that's Doncaster yeah uh, straight into Hartlepool which brings back some lovely away trip memories James <laughs> you once had you once had a nice evening by yourself yeah. for it a was, bit is that right that 1-0 win that we got there um, when I think Hilton scored it was a cold winter's night Um and I, I remember it was a Saturday and I remember going back into Hartlepool afterwards and there was no train. So I just went to try and find, I went into what was described as the center um, and then found a pub and <laughs> I went in there days. and then I just, there was, it was huge and it was really, it was decent, really nice. Loads of projectors everywhere for the football. I kid you not. I was the only person in there at half six on a Saturday night after the football, like after the football has been on. And I said to I, I said to the barman, I was like, "Is this normal?" And he said, "He just said it was quite sad. He was like, the town is completely dying." Um, and then he yeah. sat with me, and I had a couple of pints with the owner, just watching. I think it was a Chelsea game or something. But um, yeah, sad times. Well, thankfully, well, I mean, we all love an away day, but, but thankfully, I guess it's at home. Um, I mean, they've they've fallen a bit from. They were a staple of the league, as I always remember it. But they got relegated in 2016, 17. And they're sort of 15th last look in the National League. I mean, they, they don't seem to be a particularly high-flying lower league team. Their, their away form is a little bit better than their home form, but they shouldn't, on paper, cause us problems. They're not sort of flying high and we'll be well up for it. Um, Dave Challoner is their manager. Some people may remember him as being of long-throw fame when he was at Tranmere. <laughs> he was the um, 
the lower league Rory Delap of his time. Um, but cool. he's uh, doesn't doesn't do them anymore because of doctor's orders. I was reading about, but uh, so there, there might be some influence in their team for long throw-ins. The other link to us, why well, not link? Um, is that Michael Rains is in their squad? Doesn't seem to play regularly, but yeah. he, but he also appears to have played some games for them in midfield, which oh, I was t- like, that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what role he would play really in midfield, but making up the numbers, maybe I don't know. Is that that's probably a bit harsh, <laughs> but. Anyway, um, the other thing I found when I was previewing them is they have a lot of famous fans. Now, the most, well, high profile of them is, uh, is the lovely Jeff Stelling, who tweeted about how pissed off he was that Hartlepool drew Oxford, which was just <laughs> yeah, yeah, frankly, la- frankly laughable. Um, but their other famous fans include Meatloaf, Yannick Gers, or Gers, who is the guitarist of Iron Maiden, um, Christopher Timothy, uh, Peter Mandelson, I want to take that with a pinch of salt, um, and Ridley Scott, the film director. Wow, Ridley Scott. Surely he and, could just inject a little bit of money, maybe a little bit. Yeah, or just a use, use the place as a backdrop for some sort of doom, yeah. doomsday setting or something. That sounds really harsh and hardly I didn't mean it to sound like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that was... Um, that was uh, that's Hartlepool. So I think, I mean, I think we've got to look at a comfortable home win, two three nil. Make some changes to the lineup to play play some of the squad and potentially bed some of the newer players in. But does anyone think anything particularly different to that? No, not really. Um, you, you can never call it out too much when you don't know what the lineup's going to be. But we've taken the FA Cup seriously and looking at the team we put out against Hayes and Yedding. So and there's a lot of money at stake in the FA Cup as well. Each round, it's not like the League Cup. So you imagine for the club, yeah. they're going to go for it. Yeah, but also and, yeah. Good... go on, go on, go on. So, oh, okay, uh, KR's also said that obviously he he loves. He's a big fan of the FA Cup. So I d- I think we'll go we'll go strong. We'll certainly go strong. Yeah, yeah. Right on to the quiz, and then we're done. <laughs> Welcome to the quiz. I like it when it's my oh, quiz with the really loud bomb music nervous. in my ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so this this quiz this week is the 2013-2014 head-to-head. So we're going to have three rounds here, best of three, and we're doing all three rounds regardless of whether someone goes two and up because I've spent at least like four minutes pulling this together. And that time's <laughs> not being wasted. Um, so round one is going to be another round of Guess That Lineup, which is a game I richly enjoy. Um, anyway. 13-14. 13-14. Right. No one cheat. It's going to be obvious if you cheat, so no one cheat. 13, Serious music is on. Right. This game, I can tell you the score. We won 4-1. It was that opening day of the season away at Portsmouth. Do you remember when they had the big display of hours? behind the goal for them in the big Pompey cop end anyway whilst you're scrambling on your phones on Wikipedia I'm going to start John <laughs> John you can go first Jay Wright correct Connor Ryan Clark correct Johnny Mullins correct James Constable oh he came off the bench. Correct. So you technically have to oh. go again. 
No, 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 it's fine. I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this. Okay. If you name um, a player on the bench, you're right. Jesus. He came, uh, where he came, came on. Oh, okay. he came, yeah, he came on, yeah. I don't know why he didn't okay. start. Uh, Alfie Potter. Correct. <sighs> Struggling already, you know. It's, it's, it's hard to think, to put your, your mind back to that place. But we won 4-1. We won 4-1. So you might think of Alfie Potter scored two there? of the goals, but someone else scored two of the was... goals. Well, you've just given it away then, Alfie Potter. No, no, John's no, already said, said that. that. Oh, did he say that? Oh, my bad. Um, uh, Andy Wing. Correct. Yes. Oh, we won it's a team of Andy Wings. <laughs> that's what. That's John. I think I think no. He left in 2015. I reckon. I don't know. What, I've no idea whether he was in the team, but I, I'm, he must have been at the club still. So Calamo Dowder. Oh no. That is incorrect, John, I'm afraid. Oh. The team was uh, Ryan Clark, Jake Wright, David Hunt, Johnny Mullins, Andy Wing, Tom Newey, Alfie Potter, Danny Rose, Dean Smalley, oh. who scored twice in that game. Dean Smalley. Sean oh, Rigg. Sean, Sean Rigg. Oh, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ginger Ninja, yeah. Dave Kitson up front. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Players that came Legend. on were Bino came on for Dean Smalley, Asa Hall came on for Dave Kitson, and Scott Davis came on for Sean Asa Rigg. Asa Hall still there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go on to round. How far we've come in five years? Yeah. Our, our quality of players from from no disrespect to those guys. No, well, true. maybe to Tom, maybe to Tom Newey there is, but <laughs> Michael Rains was on the bench. In you know, relevant to the last section, but yeah. oh, there you go. Right, round two. Six random questions about the 2013-14 season. Question one: What was the score for the Boxing Day? Boxing Day fixture against Plymouth. I was at this game. It made me sad. That's a clue. <laughs> Are we just shouting out? Yeah, say your name. John. John. 2-1 Plymouth. Incorrect. Look, the music stopped because it was so outraged with your... Um... <laughs> it was a complete guess. Connor, can you give it a shout? 1-0 uh... home win. Incorrect. The score was 3-2 to Plymouth. Right, question oh. two. We only won two of our final, this is quite hard, two of our final 15 league games that season. Can you name who one of those wins was against? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, Connor. Connor. I'm going to go... Oh, uh... I've just buzzed in and just got to guess a team. Chesterfield. Yeah, Incorrect. We lost 3 0 to them in that horrible game where. Yeah, it was horrible. John. I'm going to go Mansfield. Incorrect. Oh, <laughs> I should have. Can uh... we just carry on? Can we just carry on? Yeah, screw it. Connor. One more go each. Uh, Hartlepool. Both, both of these teams have been named. Yeah. Yeah, Correct. Hartlepool. Correct. Yes! Oh. <laughs> what a. <laughs> Luke. Hartlepool, we we beat them one nil from with a David Connolly goal. If you remember, do him. I get to guess who the other one? 
no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, you only had to name on, one. The, the other one was... Um, have a guess. Oh, go on, have a guess. Go on, have a guess. Rochdale. No, it's Plymouth. We won 2-0 away, which was a massive, massive Ooh, result. Well, it wasn't really, actually, because we were mid-table mediocrity. Anyway. Um, question number three. What position did Oxford finish this season? John. John. I think it was ninth. That is incorrect. Connor. Eleventh. That's incorrect. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, it's, it's definitely tenth, isn't it? No, the answer was eighth. We were one place outside oh. the playoffs. Oh. That's, that's why That's why I put it in there, because I was like, I thought people it might was remember. Close. I thought it was close. That's why I went ninth. I didn't think it was that close. Because we went on that 15-game, like, run where we looked, we only won two. Like, we absolutely just flew down the table. It was horrible. Um, did, Wilder, did Wilder go? Yeah, Wilder went, this, yeah. Went, and then yeah. that was... Yeah, that, it went down that, from there, yeah. Isn't yeah. that when... Because at the end of that was when... Was it Waddock? Waddock yeah. came in, didn't he, then? That's right, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Mickey Lewis was in charge for a lot of that period as well. Anyway, um... What's interesting in that we we finished nine points off York City, who were in seventh and got in the playoffs, and we were twelve oh, points off mad. off Bristol Rovers, who were in twenty third. So there was an absolute cluster of teams like around mid table going right down to the bottom. Anyway, question four. Let's see if one of these can can be got. Uh, we had a different sponsor on our home and away shirts this season. Can you name them both? Oh, God's sake. If you name one, I'll be happy. Connor. Connor. Bridal. Incorrect. Oh. John. Bill Bates. Incorrect. Connor. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, uh, yes, I know it. Am Amalates, or whatever it's called, because it's bloody. Because I remember Dave Kitson's Kitson. yeah, yeah, hair yeah. clashing with it. If there was ever a, a player. To, orange. Yeah, if there was ever a player yeah. to not wear that shirt. Yeah. It was Dave Kitson. Can you remember the oh. sponsor on the purple away shirt? It was quite unique that we had a different. Oh, I've sponsor. got the purple away shirt. It's got yeah. the it's got the white stripe across it, isn't it? It does, yeah. It's the. Wasn't it a reasonably established brand? No, just, absolutely no. not. No, it's a, it's an it's a local Oxford brand, isn't it? It's the. Is it not the Polythene UK? No, it's not. It's Isinglass. It? it always makes me think of. Um, oh. What's it? The Lord of the Rings. They're taking the hobbits to eyes and glass, 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 glass. Oh, I, I don't get that. Okay. Yeah. No. no? That's a shame. No. If you're listening and you enjoyed that, please let me know. Um, question five. Hang on, so Connor got one point in this section. Oh. John, this Quite is key. There's two questions left. I have. I've, I've put it down. Um, <laughs> question five. Who had the worst disciplinary record in the team that season? Connor. Connor. Asa Hall. Incorrect. John? Ooh. Come on. Um, don't try and append logic to this answer. <laughs> James no, no, I just went with Incorrect. It. One more guess each. This was far too hard, wasn't it? Yeah, that is a very that is very hard. Um Who used to get Ah. Oh. Oh, Wingy used to get himself about a bit, didn't he? No, he didn't. Uh, no. no. Okay, I'm gonna go with Jake Wright. Incorrect. John, last guess. 
We've talked about um, There's another guy. Think about sendings off that season. There's one standing off that always stood out. It's Tom Newey. Correct. Yes. Oh no! It's actually not <laughs> correct. Tom Newey. <laughs> oh, it's not oh. correct. And he was the oh, second. He was the correct. second most, so you can have it. All right. Oh, what? Come on! You can't really have it. Dave Kitson got so ten, ten yellows and one red. Newey got um, nine yellows and one red. So it was Dave. That's probably Kitson's frustration at having to uh, lower himself to. Uh... Absolutely. Anyway, sorry, this is long. We had two players to get to uh, seven league goals. Um, that season, joint second behind Bino, who got ten. Name one of those players. John. John. Sean Rigg. Incorrect. I think he was on six. Connor. Uh. Well, strikers. Uh, Smalley. Uh, correct. Dean Smalley. Yes. Very good. Nice. Have a little. Have a little jingle. Right. And for Pride, final section, I know the pod's long, but I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. John, get some Pride back. Transfers and loans from that season. Who did we sign Tom Newey from? I'm going to spend 10 seconds on each of these. No one Connor. Connor. Mansfield. Incorrect. John? Oh. Cambridge. No, it was Scunthorpe. Who did we sign Johnny Mullins from? Connor. Connor. Rotherham. Correct. Yeah, fucking Very good. One. Who did we sign Josh Ruffles from? Coventry. Coventry. Oh, he's, he's in there. He's shouting it. He's Shout winning it out, his pride right. back in style. I knew that. Uh, who did we loan Asa Hall from? Luton. That's incorrect. He went to Luton, I think, from us. Yeah. Who did we loan him from? Yeah. Shrewsbury. Oh. Shrewsbury is correct. Who did we loan oh, Nicky yeah. Rowe from? That was Preston. also Shrewsbury, wasn't it? Pre no, it was Preston. Very good, John. Ah, Pride redeemed. Me and, me and, me and John on this. Who did we loan Ryan Williams from? Oh, oh, Premier League outfit at the time, I think. Ryan fucking Williams, mate. <laughs> from Australia, mate. Oh, Fulham. Uh, Fulham. Ah, right. very good. Very good. Oh. Right. You can both have a little jingle due to the difficulty of that middle section I think well we all learn from our mistakes and I'll learn from a shit quiz so there we go um, <laughs> right hour 46 it's another lengthy one um, we'll hang, obviously... on a, hang on a minute hang on a minute what that's the third that's the third one I've I've won isn't it third quiz in a row I think it is Connor I'm starting to get nervous it's about just... it given that it's the end Come of on. the year um, get it yeah I think that's your fourth, no, fifth in total. Decent. Fifth win in total, yeah. I, I, three in a row, just like Oxford in real life at the moment. Ben's got one. John, you have five. Jack has two. I've got eight. But I feel like oh, it's because right. I'm on every pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. flexing, absolutely. You are flexing. I've got my wife beat a vest on. I can't stop. <laughs> and I'm flexing. Back on, off the whiskey this week. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Right, so we'll be obviously talking about the Donny game next week. We'll be previewing... Actually, what else will we be pre We'll be talking about multiple things. I'm trying to think. We just previewed oh. Hartlepool. I I, do you know yeah. what it's done? This Christmas period has absolutely blown my mind again. So I forget it's Wednesday, isn't it, that we're playing Donny. So Donny... On so after yeah. that, we've got Rotherham at, at home. Yeah. Oh. So 
Yeah. These have just been Christmas bumper editions, and there's loads of to be positive about. So we'll be back to our concise best. When you say that, we're year. still going to have two games to <laughs> review, and that's what takes all the time. So mm. concise is not a word I'd associate with this podcast. But anyway, thanks everyone for listening as always, and uh, we wish you all a happy new year. We'll see you later. Rodriguez, he drinks a Srello, he eats paella, he goes into footed. One, two, three, four.